as we begin, we remember and pick up where Vithorn was recently departed from his companions, falling through space and time, opening a portal that separated him from his companions, hidden still within the mirror. And while he betrayed them, now separate, secretly leaving them, he holds his commitment still to return to the void, to return back to Elusia's side. And in this moment, as you fall through space and time and blue and green auras float all around you, you feel nothing in this movement. Everything around you is moving, but you feel nothing. Not a single breeze that goes by, not a wind that whispers in your ear. Even when you breathe in, it's like nothing is there. And each time you try to take a breath in or that you reach out to this aura around you, this cloud that surrounds you that's zooming by and you feel nothing, it slows down. Second by second by second. And in these moments that begin to slow, you find yourself now of those blues and grays beginning to fade to white, to black until you find your feet finding ground you feel it first before you see it the softness beneath your soles they begin to sink a little bit water seeps in your shoes were not meant for this desert life may have suited them well but here is moist. You breathe in. This time, your lungs finding moisture. You find yourself in a swamp. Cool and humid. The eeriness of it as you look around. Any other environment that you would find yourself in would be teeming with life still. Little fish that swim around, bugs that gnat here and there. But you see and hear nothing else. As you look around, gnarled trees, light barely passing through dead branches, you see a river, black and murky, and a small dock with a little boat and a lantern at the end. Vithorn, now planted no longer in this traveling space, but not in the void. What do you do? Vithorn takes a look around, kind of up and down at the water, feeling the squish of the sludge falling into the gaps of his Italian leather boots going to walk to the edge of the dock uh, if there's a lantern there if this is the only source of light and just just investigate see if he can determine where he's at if he recognizes this place if he's been here before I want you to roll me a history check An 18. 
you can know without a single doubt that you have never been here before. No swamp have you ever visited in this state. It's location dreary. In fact, it looks incredibly untraveled in its state. It would be difficult for anyone to get here. It's surprising that there is a dock and in the state of it, it clearly hasn't been used for quite some time. And, and as you look at this dock in your fine Italian shoes, you might notice another feeling. Those fingers that dipped into that liquid. That's still there on your fingers. Still black. More slimy as if suctioning there against your skin. Those droplets haven't left your flesh. I suppose if I don't recognize this place and feeling this kind of Icarus sludge on my hands and my feet, uh, I'm going to try to, if there's a boat here, I'm going to try to get out of the water and at least stand in the boat or on the dock out of the water. Sure. As you make your way down, plank by plank, it creaks and moans, disrupting the entire sound here. What used to be calm, it's as if you've ripped open a crack and suddenly all the trees begin to move a little bit, reacting to this sound that you've made. They break in their own way, some of the branches giving way, and... What seemed to be very narrow and closed off begins to part, and that river in front of you grows larger. As you step into that boat, it gives just a little bit, but not as much as you might think. Clearly, this liquid, this sludge, slime, if you will, is much denser than water. And the lantern, it brightens as you step into it. In there, you find one oar. I think before dealing with the oar, Vythorn, is is the lantern permanently attached or is it hanging on a hook? It is on a series of chains that are linked together, hooked up. So it is chained to the boat, but you can move the lantern from the front to the back if you would like. And it is a beautiful, ornate lantern, but the glass around it is frosted, so you can't tell what the source of the light is on the inside, at least from this point. I think he will... Uh, more curious about the place he's found himself in. This is not where he was expecting to be. Um, sure. is going to pull that lantern up and, and kind of even just crouching in the in the boat next to the lantern at first, um, going to be looking at this substance that's on his hand and looking at this over the side of the boat to examine that as he kind of just feels it in his fingers and just, just very curious. Are you looking for anything particular as you interact with this material? Uh, I think he's just trying to just determine yeah, number one if it's if he's in the material plane if this is you know earth and and 
normal swamp materials or if he's still in some sort of connection to the sands of eternity. Give me an arcana check. Oh. Twelve. With a twelve, you at least know that not only is this living by the way it reacts and still clings to your skin, but there is a slight magical effect, electric, if you will, that's within it. And every now and then, as you move it and catch the lantern just gleaming off of it, you you think you can see something familiar. I think if I noticing something familiar, I will definitely pull the lantern over the surface of this liquid and and try to look maybe through it or into it and see if I can discern what that is. With the warmth of your skin and the light of the lantern, this begins to grow a little bit. What used to be just a little dollop of black ink on your skin, it grows till it becomes the size of your palm, a large droplet, and within it swirling of magical black and glitter gold. Faces. Eyes that look out back at you. Before they get swept away, back inside, torn between looking at you and the light. Seeing this reaction and not really sure what to make of it just yet, he's going to... I'm going to try to throw that sludge, whatever I've got in my hand, back. Will it come off if I throw it? Yes, yes. With force, if you fling it off your hand, it will release. And like a splatter, it's further along into this river. Well, uh... Interesting, but don't really have time for that as he's going to kind of sit down in the boat and now realizing he has one oar um, is going to reposition himself to row uh, like a canoe one side and then the other seeing that uh, doesn't really know where he is but maybe if he follows the river um, he'll find some sort of civilization sure so you choose to stick with the current, is that correct? Yes. It is slow, but calm. Still moving through this eerie place. Where have you placed the lantern as you begin to move forward in this one-seater little boat? Uh, I'm actually going to put the lantern as far away from me as I possibly can. Seeing the reaction of the this sludge with the light and the warmth and kind of picking up that something's not quite right with it, but I still sure. need to traverse this river uh, and trying to do it without any sort of incident to put that at the front of the boat while I paddle from the back. Excellent. And as you begin to paddle moving forward, you notice as it cuts through the water, disrupting the natural pace that it would have as you push forward with your single paddle, 
some of those droplets that cut up into it splash onto the lantern and at the bottom of it you start to see a series of small little dots trickle along starting to cover your lamp go ahead and give me a survival check four with the four you're not very effective with boats I assume as a scholar, being in a boat and knowing how to use one is a rather new experience to you, at least being in charge of one. <laughs> so much so that uh, I think that I will... Um, I think that I would use... Seeing the oar is not effective. I think I would maybe put a hand out behind the boat and cast Gust to try to propel the boat forward instead, kind of throwing the paddle down in frustration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sure. And, you know, just trying to put my hand to the back. And as I cast gusts and release a kind of a, uh, try to release a large um, swath of wind behind it to see if that will propel the boat forward a little faster. Seeing your frustration as you push and push, not getting where exactly you want to go with this, maybe running into a few edges, having to push yourself out of the muck a little bit more. Yes, you slam that paddle in front of you at your feet and you can cheat your way, oh wise scholar, or outthink that of the boat and push yourself in the direction with a gust. And that is fast. Like, as suddenly you've got an engine to this sucker, you begin to really start flying down this river. It's disruptive. It's loud, almost like a booming sound within it. And as you do, and you're starting to zoom across, you see very quickly coming upon you that the river splits into three different directions. You have a right, a left, and a center. Can I discern if there's any noticeable difference between these paths? Give me a perception check. Or actually, are you looking for anything particular? Well, I am I am looking for maybe signs of um maybe a path that's been traveled. Insight. As you look for one that might be a little perhaps wider on that end or docks that would be further down the road, right? Yeah, 18. With an 18 on end, you notice the right side looks darker. The branches hang lower. The fog sits on top of the river itself, but the other two are much brighter and the current moves faster along. In fact, over closer towards those ends, you even see perhaps a glimmer of light as well. Little lanterns or fireflies or stars or something beyond that the fog hides. I think as he kind of examines these three choices and seeing the lighter, maybe faster moving path, it's going to kind of mutter to himself smarter not harder as he kind of adjusts that gust of wind to go towards the the path that is the fastest moving with the most light you move towards the left then 
your boat careens quickly down this river, moving fast, flying by. More and more lights start to pick up, but you can't quite tell what they are at this point. The fog still obscures everything of any kind of detail. It's as if you've lost glasses, right? Poor grandpa can't find them at this point. Right? They're so vague, but it adds a warm glow in this very isolated atmosphere. In fact, as you move so quickly down this particular river, it gets wider and wider. To at this point, as you are down the middle of it, you can no longer see the left or right side of the banks. You see the hint of lights, but nothing else. As I travel down the river and it gets wider and I assume is still kind of foggy um, over the top of this this surface, am I able to see, are there any stars or anything in the sky? Or is it completely covered by fog and trees? Perception check. For the 10. You actually don't even see the tree branches anymore. It is just fog and lights. It is as if in this murky water, you could see nothing else. You could be out in the middle of the ocean as far as you know. In fact, because you are moving so fast in this endless space, that water-ish material, blackish in nature, keeps splashing up onto your lantern and it sticks to it. Your own light is now three quarters covered only a little bit peeking out, continuing to hide your own ability to see ahead of you now at this point. As you continue at this rate, it will not be long till it is engulfed in this black slime. As he's moving forward and, and the boat is still going, I think the light is important to him to be able to at least try to discern. So he's going to shift forward in the boat towards the light and maybe try to try to just wipe off some of that sludge he was able to to get it off of his hand earlier so he's just trying to like wipe it quickly see if he can sure. free up some of the light yeah you know what let's do a what a sleight of hand as you try to be quick about it <laughs> 17 <laughs> Even with a negative one, you do very well at this. In fact, as you go up quickly, just trying to push it away, you do manage just to get a few droplets away. But oddly enough, in this moment, as you push, so much of it has accumulated that you feel it pushed back. Now, almost aggressively, it begins to try to climb up, hiding the rest of those panels, closing out your light. And as that begins to inch up even higher, just an inch of light at the very top, you also notice in that dim light now, the murkiness of it as it seeps over your boat, as if claws and tendrils Pull it down. Mm. Uh, as this 
starts to climb the boat and climb the light, I'm actually going to... I'm going to try to cast a spell magic on the on the muck on the light to see if it's some <laughs> sort of spell or magical effect that I can dispel. Okay. Alright, go ahead and press that button for me to cast your spell of dispel magic. In this moment, describe to me what it looks like and how you feel in this moment as you feel your light disappearing in front of you. I think I think as as the light kind of fades um, inside, Vythorn is getting a little bit apprehensive, even though he's not letting himself outwardly show it. Yet he's trying to remain very composed in this place, trying to discern, to understand the situation he's in, to understand everything that's happening to him before he makes any sort of rash decisions, um, and kind of feeling that this is some sort of arcane ability or or there is some sort of magic in this space he's going to try to dispel it as his eyes kind of glow that a milky void and a multicolored lightning kind of crackles around his fingertips as he kind of shoots out just a small uh just a small bolt of what looks like kind of purple electricity to try to burn away that magic as you cast this spell it it laughs at you in this morphous form that it has it creates a mouth almost opening trying to eat this magic that you send out to cast its way taking in that purple form sucking it in <laughs> it now begins to form larger Almost purposely mocking you, giving you just a sliver of light. As in front of the boat, you can see nothing now. The lights at the side gone. Just this one little light and a creature laughing at you. <laughs> What am I? Oh, you should ask who we are. That's, that's the question. I don't have time for your games. It's not a game. <laughs> and it moves its arms now down the side of the boat, laying its way forward, crawling towards you. The light now behind it, and all you see is its silhouette. If you won't show yourself, then allow me to reveal your true nature. As he once again begins to cast a spell, and he reaches up into the sky, and even though he can't see the sky, he's pulling the clouds backwards and forwards in time, pulling a storm that had once been cast over this place into this location and casting a witch bolt down into the boat on this creature to try to illuminate it. 
as you do this, it feels magnificent. You feel that magic, that power that you've used a hundred times before moving within you. And yet suddenly when you go to cast it forward, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, they didn't give you permission to do that, did they? <laughs> and you feel this black slime going up your ankles, reaching and slithering around your calf. I don't need your permission. He's going to take, try to take off his boots to get this Why thing. Why you? Why are you here? And it will happily gobble your boots up. Why am I here? Why are you here? This is where we have been. We are trapped, and now you are trapped. As it now slithers up both legs, locking you down within this boat, which is almost now at the same level as the rest of the river. Let, let me go. He's going to try to pull out of this. Where? Where would you go anyway? <laughs> Any, anywhere that's not here. He's oh, anywhere we can take you somewhere else and it will begin to now wrap itself around your torso and you can feel it begin to pull you down. Where? Where is it that you want to go? You have to be specific. <laughs> I need to get back to the Grand Master. Let me go. Oh, the Grand Master. Did you hear that? He wants to go back to the Grand Master. Why? 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 What do you What do you care? He's actually going to pull out a dagger and start to try to stab. Seeing that magic is not really working, he's just trying to stab this stuff around his feet. Go ahead and roll the hit. Thirty twenty. <laughs> A dirty 20, you stab effectively right in where, even though you cannot see it, where its head would be. You hear the sound of its voice and you can determine where that location would be. And you find purchase. You push so deep with that dagger that you can feel that slime, that murk engulf your fist up your wrist. It goes so far. You think you've gone all the way through it. And still, it laughs. <laughs> silly boy, silly boy. <laughs> Come, you really have nowhere you have to be. Come with us and you will stay here forever. At, at this point, he's, is, is my arm trapped when I stab this? No. It's more focused on your body and eating that up. Okay. Um, is it causing me any sort of damage? It does not feel like you're hurting in any way, but it does feel suffocating. Not to where you're losing your breath, but intense pressure being held against you like a python slowly beginning to crush you. I guess in a kind of a last effort as he's as he's starting to feel this pressure crushing and, and he's starting to 
panic a little bit more now and um, realizing that he might might die here when he needs to get back to the Grandmaster in the Void. He's going to close his eyes and focus all of his magical ability that he can. Um, and I'm going to try to cast Blink to move between planes into the, eth the ethereal plane, at least for my turn. As you close your eyes and you start to picture where you want to be, that creature now appears in your mind. We told you. They didn't give you permission to do that. That's not how it works here. Then, then educate me. <laughs> then come with us! Come with us! You have to just let go. I think, uh, I think with that, he will let go. As you finally relax, you give in to this moment and you exhale. It now becomes like a warm blanket that's pulled up to your neck. Gentle fingers caress up your cheeks, holding you. Trust us if you can. That voice just whispers in your ear before submerging you deep within. And for a moment, you are sustained in pitch black. Just floating, weightless yet again. This darkness until a little light the one that you saw from the lantern earlier comes to you moving it's time and it dances back and forth in a small infinity symbol its pattern again and again hypnotizing Wake up. And in that moment, you begin to try to breathe in. And you breathe in water. <laughs> you find yourself suddenly in this moment of blackness now gone. Dark still, but you notice that light as it goes up is now pulling you up higher and you notice light from above in the surface. You can swim, float, pushing your way up, finding your way as you breathe in and exhale whatever bubbles you have, that water starting to fill your lungs. It feels like an eternity as if you found yourself somehow within an ocean till you find yourself now up and above, gasping for air in this moment. You gather your bearings. 
you float on this level. What is it you'd like to say? What do I see when I emerge from the water? As you emerge, that light that you were following, it floats forward into the sky. A very lone looking tower stands now, almost on its own carved out piece of land, sticking out into this apparent lake you have found yourself in. The swamp nowhere to be seen at this point. That tower looks welcoming. The lights flickering. You see a variety of shadows moving through it. But you are still in this lake. <laughs> As of now. I think uh, seeing if this is the only structure around and not still not quite sure what to make of of this entire experience so far um i think kind of just for the sake of trying not to drown and be in the water anymore he's going to be swimming probably as fast as he can to the edge to get out mm -hmm. go for it give me a survival check let's see how good you are at swimming or oh. actually no not survival let's uh well how'd you roll that once <laughs> Oh, we're just going to keep that. I'm sorry. We keep that that one as a scholar, as it turns out. You spend a lot of time in libraries, looking at books, maybe even learning and reading about how to swim, but you've never done so a day in your life. <laughs> Floundering about, making a big hoopla, you splash your way. And fortunately, it's not very far. You have to go a mere two or three feet. And suddenly, the water is no longer deep. In fact, strangely, as if almost childishly, you have made a big stink about nothing, as the water at this point now is only like two feet deep. <laughs> as if the ground itself has risen and just to make you look like a fool. Fortunately, as far as you know, no one else can see this. <laughs> Uh, he, as he kind of realizes that the water's not deep, kind of just stand up, soaking wet his robes and hair and just kind of drenched, uh, now missing his boots. He's going to mm -hmm. kind of just trudge his way out, just very unhappy about this entire scenario and just at least kind of like crawl or, or walk his way to the edge to get as far away from this water and that sludge if it's still there as he possibly can and I, I think it, he'll probably make his way to the edge first um, and probably, probably after something like this probably drop to his knees and kind of just sit for a minute by the water's edge as he recomposes himself and just kind of breathes in As he just, we can worry about that later. As he as he kind of stands back up, recomposing himself, he's going to try to go to this house because he is still on this mission to to get back to the Grandmaster and whatever this was, he's trying to just just barrel through it. Sure, absolutely. As you look back 
at that water, the lake in which you just dragged yourself out of, you do notice a small black figure, just a head bobbing at this point. And where two eyes would be, just nothing. And a voice that dances across those ripples to you. If they don't like you, you can always come back to see us. And it'll dip back under. As it does, he just turns back. I'll be back to see you. And I'll dance on your grave. Real mature. You feel good about that? Yeah, I feel great about that. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Now, sogging wet. Just a sloppy mess at this point. Shoeless. You walk over down this little pathway towards this watchtower. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Seventeen. A 17. Excellent. With this 17, you hear plenty of sounds, almost like a soft music coming from the top of the tower. And even though there are plenty of lights up high and a door at the entrance and a little nice little uh, cart there, you notice the grass seems really undisturbed here. There's no trails to and from at this point. No pathways that would indicate plenty of guests have come and gone. Quite undisturbed, despite the ruckus. Before I make my way in and approach the house, I want I wanted to try and not really like cast a, a full spell, but I want to try to attempt to see if my magic is working here. Or what would you like to cast? Um, I think I think I'll just cast kind of a. Um, I'll just I'll just try to cast prestidigitation to dry myself off. Sure. And as I try to snap my fingers uh, in an attempt to. Um, kind of change the fabric of time and reality to a time before I was soaking wet. <laughs> Try to reverse that that clock on the on the gunk that's all over my clothing. Of course, Vithorn, the endless scholar, you go back to your roots and you bend time itself to make yourself dry once again. Why not? Why not? And it works. The clothes that you wear now as if they've been freshly cleaned, pressed even, not a wrinkle on them. You are still missing your boots. Do you wear socks? No. That's that's not how you wear boots, but good, okay. Good boots don't need socks. Good boots do need socks. Uh, if they're made good, right. I don't know about uh, that. If they're but, Italian. Okay, sure. Okay, I don't know enough about Italian boots, but that doesn't sound right to me. In any case, suddenly you are very clean. And a little whizzing sound. And a rock hits you in the back of your head. And a voice shouts, They gave you permission to do that! He's not even going to turn around to dignify. (laughs) He's just going to seethe. Just standing there with just like a clenched jaw. 
Mm-hmm. And he's going to choose to walk towards the house instead. Sure. This tower now stands before you. It's not far. You get to it easily. The front door is wooden. Two torches lit next to it. And as you look up, you notice seven lanterns hanging in the windows that look quite similar to the lanterns that were on your boat earlier. Hmm. I'm going to, as I, seeing that the lanterns are similar, mm-hmm. um, that kind of instantly makes me not trust this, trust this place. Uh, I'm going to, uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to I'm going to cast protection from evil and good on myself. Protect myself from uh, uh, aberrations, celestials, elementals, phase, fiends, and undead. Sure. You think you do that? Yeah, I try to do that at least. Sure. And then <laughs> I will slowly knock on the door. How loud do you knock? Oh, I think they can hear me. I knock pretty loud. There's no. You know what? Give me a strength check. Okay. Let's see how hard you knock. Oh, Page Turner. <laughs> this is a pretty, pretty bold thought. Seven. A seventeen. I know how to yeah. knock on doors. Yeah. No, you've knocked on doors before. Sure. Is is there a particular rhythm to the way that you knock? Uh, I think. In a slow, steady pace, just a just a constant pounding until they open the door. More of less of a polite knock and more of a just like open the fucking door. Got it. You pound on that door. Your knuckles almost hurt a little bit. They're a bit sensitive, aren't they? At this point, and you wait. Do I hear anything rustling inside? The sounds still upstairs, movement, chatter. Nothing coming closer to the door. Hmm. In that case, I will... I will try the door handle (laughs) and see if it's open. Sure. Oddly enough, this is a door with no door handle. In fact, it's just plain wooden. Then I will All the just, way from top to bottom. I'll just try to push it then. It opens easily, in fact. Swinging open, you find yourself just in a circular space. Nothing here really of note as soon as you open it. Just more stone. But you do notice something that does seem out of place. Over on the left side, behind the door that you just swung open, in its large nature, you have to close the door first to see it fully, but roots that begin to reach out lay the foundation for a very large tree on the inside. A massive tree, in fact. As it reaches up, you see no ladder, you see no stairs, but a tree that climbs all the way up to the top floor. 
where you see a few broken boards and you hear the sound of chatter yet again. Does the tree look healthy? Young, vibrant, strong, incredibly sturdy. Kind of curious about the tree. He's going to approach it. Not every day you see a tree inside of a house. Um... It is a little surprising because you didn't expect it from the side that you saw, but it does actually, as it reaches out, branch out of the tower. Perhaps it's the angle you came from, the front door. Turns out the backyard is by far more exciting. (laughs) And is there anything else on this floor of note besides the tree? Surprisingly, no. It's a dirt floor. Just stones all around and then... This tree that has somehow planted itself here, right along it, and you can't quite tell the way the two are connected, which came first, the tower or the tree? Hmm. No carvings in it, but up top, beautiful, brightly colored leaves. Well, I suppose then... I would try to I'd try to find the, the way to, to go up towards the sounds I was hearing. Um, yeah, try to make my way up. How would you like to do that? No ladder, no stairs appear to be obvious to you. The stones are quite flat in nature all the way up. The making of it was quite well done. Excellent craftsmanship. Oh, no, I'm going to climb the tree. Oh, you're going to climb the tree? Yeah. Of course. Go ahead and give me an athletics check, oh tree climber. 16. (laughs) 16 is enough. This is an easy tree with plenty of knots and low-hanging branches that you can climb up. Barefooted actually helps you as your toes can better grip onto the the trunk of it itself, and you find yourself shimmying your way up. And as you peek up over these floorboards in this space, still just as large almost as the bottom itself, you find yourself in a beautiful, almost enchanting room. That tree still blossoming within, books everywhere, a warm hearth in place. But even more fascinating is the number of individuals here. In fact, it is crowded. Imagine 15, 20, you can't keep count of how many people or individuals in this space. You see Aarakocras and halflings and elves and all sorts of individuals here. Some reading books, some talking by the fireplace, some sipping tea, all of them underneath this beautiful ornate ceiling filled with lanterns. Um, I suppose he will as he reaches his head to this floorboard will ground for a moment surprised to see this many people in this house in the middle of nowhere um and a little bit cautious still just not trusting the entire situation he's found himself in today will climb the rest of the way up until he's standing on this floor in front of the tree 
and he'll look around and um, do, does anybody seem to notice me as I climb up? In fact, no one is paying attention to you. As crowded as it is, and some even happen to bump into you just a little bit, a shoulder press, an elbow there, but none of them make eye contact with you. It's as if they are oblivious to your existence or uncaring. Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, can, can anyone tell me where, where am I? Where, where am I? In the moment that you begin to speak, all conversations stop. And they all freeze for a moment, just wherever they were, whatever they were doing, it just pause. And they all take a moment to look, all heads, all eyes, move to you. You see that I've I've found myself uh, in a, a predicament, and I need to just kind of unsettled by all the eyes staring at him. I need to I need to get home. Uh, can anybody point me in the direction uh, I can make sure you're paid uh, when I arrive home? He's just kind of trailing off and looking around at these people. A small halfling in front of you. You may not have noticed right away as you don't quite make eye contact. Oh, aren't you important? Excuse us. <clears throat> no, no, it's not that. Uh... No, An elf in the back. No, it's okay. We were expecting you. We wanted you to be here, but sure, we can bump you up on the agenda. It just wasn't your time yet. It's fine. It's fine. And a very large, boisterous man in the back. Come, fine. Be front and center. The gentleman says he has places to be and that he'll even pay us. And the group almost, like in a, in a choir format, begin to laugh in a musical sense, all different notes and sync. I'm not... I'm not here to cause any trouble. I'm just trying to find my way back to the void, to the see, uh, the Grand Master is in, is in danger and I need to get get back. Trouble, some Aarakocra from behind you speaks. Oh, we've never heard of trouble before. Trouble never exists. We have been in very different places then. A small old turtle. No. We know that trouble exists. But why is yours any more important than anyone else's? Uh, it's it's not... Uh, it's not my tr trouble. It's not about me. The Grand Master is in danger. The Void is in danger. Small voice in the back. You can't see it at first, but... They almost run out, almost a mouse-like creature with large white ears. Why do you care about them? Why, why do you care why I care? Well, we're your way back. What? Who, who are you? What is this place? Who are we? And this snake-like creature slithers between your feet, almost tripping you for a moment. We 
are supposed to be here. This is our home that we've invited you into. Just your impatience. Supposed to be here. Where is here? Here? A very large woman appears, tall, gigantic even. Nine feet tall, her head brushing the beautiful purple branches and flowers. Her face among the lanterns. Here is my home. It is in between all. Um, between all of what? All of everything. We exist between every plane, every time, every space, in between. Am, am I still dead? The little boy kind of crawls out. Is he dead? <laughs> no, no, you're not dead. Yeah, it's, it's not really a dead place, but it is an end if you want it to be or if you can't move forward. I don't don't know what kind of game you're all playing here, but I'm not in a playing mood. Game? And you see a woman sitting further in the back. Oddly enough, the entire time, her eyes actually haven't been looking at you. Everyone else is staring at you, interacting with you. She is staring at the floor. Long, soft, chestnut brown hair. Brown cheeks. Long, white wings folded behind her. I'm, I'm sorry. Bythorn. Breathe. We've asked you to be here. And you are already eager to leave. <laughs> I'm sorry, do I know you? Do you know me? She'll look out to the others. Do you know him? Do you know him? And you see, like a Leonin, stand forward. I know you. Another human, male, bright blonde hair. I've known you too. And even a bear, white fur. I've known you. The woman stands up. See, we've all known you. We have been waiting. Waiting, 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 waiting for what? For you, Vythorn. In an exasperated way, she goes over to her little brewing cauldron at the side and holds her glass open, now empty in her hand. And you see an elf quickly just pour it for her. And the elf takes over. You don't get it, do you? We've all been sitting here waiting for you for your right time. 
And now that you're here, you just demand everything. He's gonna glance around. This room seems to have a lot of books in it. He wants to subtly try to glance to see if he can discern any knowledge from the books closest to him that might give an indication of well, any anything about this sure. place. Sure. Uh, give me a perception check and also a stealth as it seems like you're trying to hide this from others. 12 on the perception. Hmm. 15 on the stealth. It's really subtle and you are quite quick at it. It's as if you aren't really breaking eye contact but kind of lost in thought. You are able to get away with this. But as you look around at these books all listed here and they do surround you. Every single wall has books and scrolls of some sort, giant tomes even that look old, leathered. But not a single damn thing is written on the side of them. Even some of the patrons there in this space with the books open as if they were talking about them with one another, their pages are blank. Feeling a little little frustrated by that that he can't seem to get any information from anyone at this point um or the books or the surroundings just is going to take a breath for a moment and then looking at the the woman at the cauldron um who's addressing him fine you've been waiting for me and what can I do for you? Take a seat. Have a conversation. And you'll feel behind you a small cat pushing the back of your heels. Sit. Stay and talk a little bit. I'm allergic to cats. As he shuffles forward and, and whatever seat they're offering, he'll... Fine, fine. We just sit down. You find yourself now sitting in front of this woman. The brown hair. Finally. Bythorn, you seem exhausted. Can I get you a drink? If I say no, are you going to get me one anyway? (laughs) As you look to your right hand. A drink has already been placed in it. A small, owlet woman of sorts with kind blue eyes and snowy features. Place it in your hand as if cupping it around. It's warm to the touch. Well, as I said, you've seemed to have been waiting for me a, quite a long time, according to everyone here. Um... You all seem to know me. I'm at a bit of a disadvantage, uh, it seems. But I, I, what, what is it? What is it that you want? Conversation what? about what? <laughs> what is it that we want? What is it that we want? 
Oh, what could we possibly want at this point? And she sits up straight, almost incredibly amused by your question. And as she begins to laugh, the rest of the group laughs as well. Isn't that hilarious? What could we want? What is it that we could possibly need at this time? No, 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 no. We have no needs. We are here to help you, actually. You are here to help me. In the way that we want. But yes, we exist in many ways to help. If you're only helpful in the way that you want, is that truly very helpful? <laughs> ah, I see why you've called yourself the Endless Scholar. You ask so many questions and you think you're smarter for it. Well, I might be if I would... If anyone was inclined to give me any answers here. Very well. What is your first question? And we will answer it for you. How did I get here? How did you get here? A small tabaxi pops up over the armchair and your right shoulder. Oh, yes. That. That we did as well. You see, we are in the in-between, and as you were going from one space to another space, we decided to just reach out and pluck you. It was so easy. Fishing's harder, actually. Especially in those waters. You! You were a breeze! You were just standing there perfectly, and we just pulled you out and said, Perfect. For we see ourselves in you. And she'll hide back down. Why? The woman in front of you leans forward. Why? What, Vythorn? You have to learn to ask better questions. Well, uh, you, you told me how, but why pull me why stop me from getting home? No, you're not ready to go home. Not, not yet. See, we see potential in you. We see ourselves in you, but it's murky. It's unclear. You need focus. That's what we provide. That is who we are. We provide that. What I need is to get back to the Grand Master before the Shadow King murders her. Coming around on your left side, a small lizard-like folk with a small little eyeglass. Just for one. No, 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 no! And it'll patch your left hand. That is not what you need. You think you need that, and you think that you're right because you think that you're smart, but you're not that smart, and that's not what you need. No, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. You sit. You sit, and you think some more, and then you might get the answer that you need. Yes, yes, yes. You sit, and you sit, and you sit, and you think, and you ask, and you talk, and then you will get more information, and then you will be able to go. Fine, then. Seems abundantly clear you don't uh, think that my intelligence is worth noting. So then... No. If no, 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 no. We do not mean to insult, the brown-haired woman says. 
You are intelligent, noteworthy for it, in fact. Read so many books, probably more that's even in this room. No one is challenging that. Well. But you should know more than anyone else that there is always more to learn. That is true. And it seems that I continually ask the wrong questions. So then my next question is, which are the right questions? Hmm. That is very smart. That is very smart. And the woman leans back for a second and sips her drink. He's finally taking a breather. Bythorn, let me ask you a question. Who are you? You already seem to know who I am. Uh... That means you should be able to tell us then. There are no secrets. Fine, I will. Uh, I will appease you. Uh, my name is Vythorn. Uh, I am the arbiter of the Dread Fortress. Right hand of the Grand Master. <sighs> These are titles. That is not who you are. Titles come and go. You give them yourself. It's fine. Half those you have actually given yourself. No. Besides your actual name, I believe all of those. Oh, yes. All of those you've given yourself. Don't hide behind those titles. Just like these books here. Titles are restrictive. They're not enough. Let's get into your pages a little bit. Who are you? I... I am a scholar. A mage. Titles. Mm. That's it. What else, what else is there? I'm not much of a bowler. <laughs> not much of a bowler. Do you hear that? And the Leonin lets out this very large chuckle. No, of course not. No. You're more than that, though. What kind of man are you? Besides one that does tricks. Who are you? Where do you find your roots? I just... I don't... Who can even Your journey! You fool! What is the growth you've made? Growth? What do you mean? Growth? No wonder he doesn't know how to write the ask questions. Come on, you you don't even know how to answer. If you can't answer anything, how could you learn to ask anything? I have worked my way from nothing to the right hand of the Grand Master. No, no, no. Pause that. That's a lot of fast forwarding. From nothing. From nothing? Let's take a little look at this. Tell me. From nothing. Where did you begin? Oh, Vythorn Endless Scholar. Who were you before all of those fancy titles that you 
wear like clothes, putting them out for show. Take all those off. What do you call home? Where did you begin? Pythorn, for the first time, is actually going to take a drink of this drink he's been provided. What does it taste like? It's surprisingly sweet with cinnamon in it as well. There's a warmth to it that it provides, like a comfort of Christmas on a cold day. It's soothing. He takes a sip and and kind of stares at the, the cauldron for a moment before kind of raising his eyes to lock eyes with this uh, winged woman. I don't have a home. Is that what you want to hear? Everyone begins somewhere. Here's a lesson for you, Varthorn. To know where you're going, you need to know exactly where you've been. And as you have taken that sip, things get a little hazy for you. You find yourself a tad drowsy. Your muscles relax once again. In almost a dreamlike state at this point, you find yourself in a very familiar spot. And you see a young boy that looks a lot like you. Small memory that feels familiar. Tell me, a warm voice next to you, that winged woman over your shoulder now. What do you see? Uh, I, I see death. For a young boy already. How unusual, isn't it? Maybe so. Maybe not. What young boy sees death so early? And as he, she says that he thinks back to this scene as he as he thinks does the scene change it does very cloud like as each cloud moves in it takes form of whatever you picture this memory starting to come to life it's like a, a way that you can evolve it as it comes in takes shape and it leaves and evaporates just as easily You have so much control in this space. As soon as you think of something, it automatically forms this picture coming to life, a play that you are creating by just simply thinking of it. In fact, it's hard to not have it come to life. The moment that it comes to your mind, it's already there. You see, as as Vythorn stands let me show you as he begins to manipulate the the atmosphere and the fog you see that young boy 
now in a great amount of distress, standing in the rain, seemingly lost as if just waking from a dream, unaware of where he is or why he is in this location. But his hands are burning and on fire. But the flesh is not melting. The fire is magical, controlled by his own abilities. He looks around frantic in the rain as this fire burns in his hands, unsure of why he's here, what's going on. And as he turns around, he sees a large two-story house burning and screams coming from the inside. That voice in your ear. By Thorn. You see, you've always had a lot of potential from the beginning, haven't you? I suppose my family would say too much potential. Dangerous, weren't you? Still am. Hmm. That danger. That left you alone, didn't it? Well, never really alone. There's always people around. There's always people around. And in a break of this, you suddenly are shaken up and this polar bear looking at you. Lies! Who stays around you long enough? And you find yourself once again back into this room. These eyes, all of them staring at you once again. Who? He now is in your face. These dark, deep brown eyes, wet nose, a snarl even a little as those teeth begin to bear. Who? People? Who stays with you long enough to call home, to call friends, to call family? I've had many <clears throat> friends. I've had teachers and for a time, even the Shadow King himself, I would have called friend. Oh. And that little lizard now sitting at your feet taps your bare foot with his claw. No, 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 no. Friends don't put friends in chess. No, 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 no. I, I mean, a lot, a lot happened between those two times. I was not a... I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm explaining myself to you. You don't, obviously don't understand the intricacies of friendship. The cat, now sitting on the back of your chair, that was nudging you earlier. Intricacies of friendship. Describe the challenge to us. Um, well, sometimes you're, you're, sometimes you have to do, you have to make the hard choice. The greater, hmm. for the greater good. Hmm. Is that for friendship or for greater good then? It can be both. They're not mutually exclusive. Choices. You made choices. And you feel that tail kind of tap you annoyingly on the top of your head as she talks in your other ear. No, no, no. You see, 
You made a choice. Friends were greater good of what you wanted. You didn't put friendship first, did you? So I was supposed to, what, uh, help the, help Hogdrill destroy the void? And the winged woman leans forward, no. You weren't supposed to do anything. There's no right or wrong. You made a choice. Forgive me if and I we like that. It doesn't seem that way. No. We simply look at why. You see, we all sit here. We do what we do. We are who we are. And we watch. And we bet. And we keep an eye on all these stories. And yours is fascinating because you... You've made a lot of choices, and we are very interested in your choices. Really? Is it, uh... At the moment, it only seems like you're judging them. No! He looks at that cat, kind of side-eyed. The cat will side-eye back at you. And the old turtle woman, no. You make whatever choices you need to make. It just gives us a little insight as to, well, how we can um, judge accordingly. So we know who wins when you make the choices that we bet on. You see, it's very boring in the in-between. So we follow interesting lines. And we get information. Every now and then we're allowed to collectively agree and intervene. And we want to know if we want to intervene on you. And intervene how? What? For what purpose? The old loud man in the back. For what purpose? For our enjoyment, of course! We sit here all day! We wait all night! We wait! We talk! That's what we do here. So, what, my entire life, uh, the lives of others, just a game to you? Something to bet on? Something to win? Very patiently, the winged woman nods. Not a game, but it's how we get invested. You see, when you live as long as we do, well... Living isn't the right word. I'm trying to put it in terms you'll understand. There's so much. It entices us to stay involved. It's for your benefit. Most people like it when we help. <laughs> well... I guess uh, most people have a better sense of humor than... He... That we do also agree on. We've noticed that from you. You are very dry humored. Uh, I've never seen much use for it. And that drink in your hand suddenly becomes heavy again, filled to the brim. Yes, well, you've never had much for humor, but... You certainly have had a lot of use for knowledge. 
And that tall, giant woman in the back. Why? Why what? Why do you learn, oh endless scholar? Why, why does anyone learn to know? To know for what reason? Does there need to be a reason to know? It moves you. You've sacrificed lives, integrity, so much for it. Is that not the purpose of everything? And you do it just because? You questioned us for thinking things were just a game. You have no better reason. What? I don't understand what reason would satisfy you. Not for us. We don't need satisfaction. We just need to know why. You really just do it for no reason. I don't... I don't really know. Uh... Um, what is the outcome that you seek? And even the winged woman now leans forward. Her hands now crossed. Her chin sits on them. She intently is staring at you. Yes. Why do you want to learn more? You've put the entire kingdom, that which you apparently are so determined to get back to right now, in danger for the sake of knowledge. You would give up all of that. Those people, their lives, the Grandmaster, all of it. For knowledge, you've done that before. Haven't you? It's not entirely fair. It wasn't the choice I was making. I chose to I chose to help those people. You chose to help those people. Let's 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 take a small moment back and she'll touch your forehead and that dream sequence comes back again and you find yourself now in that moment where the Shadow King was initially slain, or so we thought. And you were there with him in those final moments, standing over him. Oh, Vithorn, he's breathing heavily, clearly almost gone. His essence just there by a thread. In any few moments, at any given time, he could just disappear. He's on that edge, and yet you, hovering over him, you haven't pushed him over. A tabaxi comes up very cautiously by your side. She looks adorable, quite scholarly, a vest and hand, books also carried by the other. So, walk me through your process. What did you do here and why? Uh, seems like you already know, but fine. Uh, I couldn't just let his power go to waste, his knowledge. But you knew the risk. You absolutely knew the risk. There's no way he was so dangerous the first time and his power so vast. The risk of it being used by him or someone else was... Well, incredibly high. You're smart. You knew that. That's, of course I knew that. That's why I took precautions. 
But there's always a chance. Even for yourself, you knew that there was a risk. And so in that, interesting enough, you decided that was still worth keeping. There's, was it not? There's risk involved in everything. Mm. Choices, though. There are choices to minimize risk even greater. If you had chosen to make sure the Shadow King was for sure dead and to keep him that way, that would keep risk at the very lowest. Even risen from the dead by a necromancer, by our understanding, would limit it. But you didn't do that. That's... Well, then, and if I hadn't, what then? Who do you, th who do you think kept tabs on the void all of these years? Who do you think kept peace and order while the Grand Master held her games? You did all of that on your own? The power allowed me to find ways, make sure things ran smoothly. That snake slithers between your feet, pulling you back. You're picking truths. The woman sits in front of you again. There are a lot of truths and we know them. It is interesting to us to hear the ones that you choose to tell. I'm not sure what truth you want to hear. What what truth is there besides the truth that I have relayed? What would the void be had I not made sacrifices? Oh, of course. The sacrifices you made were great and necessary by all accounts. But be honest that it was worth it to you that there might be a chance you might lose all the void for the sake of that knowledge. Did you really keep all that knowledge for running the void? The voids run many times by itself without that. In fact, centuries. Different times, different circumstances. Do they? Without Is that me, really the case? Without me, the Shadow King would still be in power or, or worse. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who brought Elusia back. You're um, the one, no one else. It was me who went and got her. Brought her across the plains. Brought her home. Mm -hmm. Made sure she could get into the Dread Fortress. You are very important, aren't you? You can say whatever you want. I know the truth. And had I not taken the Shadow King's power, how long would her reign have lasted? She's a great figurehead, very inspirational. Inspiration you know, we goes also so far. Know, we know a few things. You're right. We've seen kingdoms rise and fall for a variety of reasons. But even with this, the Shadow King himself, he works off of the threads of mines. The overthrowing of Elusia wasn't just his idea. Not when you did it. That was a seed that was already planted by you. Don't hide that truth all of a sudden. Planted by me? I, 
I had no intention to overthrow the Grandmaster. Never? You were never dissatisfied by her rule, just like you were never dissatisfied by her father's rule. Uh, that's... I don't... I don't know, maybe? Hmm. Sometimes, who's not? Bye, Thorn. Bye, Thorn. This is what we do. We want you to have focus. Keep making the choices that you make. We love that. But know why you make them. You seem to know why. Why don't you tell me? No. Mortals aren't privy for that. So tell us. And she'll lean forward yet again. What will happen if we send you back? Go back to your void. What comes of it? I... I can't really say. I need to find a way to defeat the Shadow King. But why? What is it that you picture? Let's say everything goes back to normal, right? Or something else happens. You go back, you defeat the Shadow King, then what? What is it that you want? Why is it the effort that you've gone through to move through so many different planes to return? Is that it? What is it that you dream of, Vythorn? I just... I... I don't know. You don't know? You're just going to go back and wing it. Just one step in the next. No! And the this very almost angry owl bear <laughs> flips over this table that had the brew and a few candles snuff out. Oh, I hate it when they do this. Just wing it. Oh, a choice comes by. I guess I'll just figure that out when it gets there. The inconsistencies. All right, sit. The winged woman calms them down. This is what we want from you, Vythorn. This intelligent being that you are, sitting before us, drinking your drinks, managing to even find an audience with us. Come! You can't tell me that you don't know what you want. You put all this effort. You kept the Shadow King in a box. You go from plane to plane. You've sacrificed people in their own lives and their own dreams. For what? You've been through so much in the moment from the very beginning. Losing your parents to your own abilities. You've sacrificed so much. You barely have a friend or family member to stand by your side. You have given up in all of these choices so much. It can't be by accident. You have to have something you're working towards. What is it that you want? And you can see this frustration. Her wings begin to open a little bit more as she leans forward, becoming very chaotic in her gestures. She's been holding back at this point and you see, see her bubbling up. You can't tell me all of this. Even in here. You're coming to us. 
You had such determination to move forward. You fought a creature you knew nothing about, and you had no power to do so, yet you kept fighting again and again. But why? Why take that breath? Why keep moving forward to give up all that you have? It's not for friends. It's not for a loyalty of your country. Don't tell me that it's for knowledge, for knowledge's sake. He'll stare for a moment and under his breath. No, want to control Fane. What? I want to control fate. And the room is just silent for a moment. And a soft chuckle comes out. <laughs> and the room comes back to life with all of these individuals now laughing and chuckling at your apparent humor that you've now laid out in front of them. The funniest thing that you possibly could have ever said, they are rolling. Even the lizard folk now just at your feet is just slapping your foot, heaving at the comment that you've said. Fate! He doesn't know where he is. No, 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 no. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's you who don't know where you are. I will be the god of fate. And I will control what happens to me in my life. I will decide. I will decide for everyone. In that moment, as if she's actually seeing you eye to eye, this winged woman looks at you. You want to be the god of fate. That's, what That's I a tall order. Yeah. Why do you think that's a worthy title? Don't tell me for power, whatever. What is it that you want to do with that? See, in all of this, we've been looking at the actions that you've done. We don't care about your titles. It's the choices you've made. As the god of fate, what choice will you be making? And she lights up, now energized. The only choice that matters. I'll choose to move the pawns instead of being one. <laughs> it's not funny. You asked earlier, rather quickly, who we are, did you not? Yes. The cat behind you. Oh, we are many things. Some call us desire, some ambition or providence. That bear speaks up. Risk, destiny, luck, hope even, fortune, demise, even fate. You see, we are many things, and we are one. 
and all of these beings that had surrounded you lose their shape and almost just get pulled in to just the winged woman in front of you now. And it's just the two of you in this empty room. You want to be us. I suppose I want to kill you. <laughs> what was never alive cannot be killed. Then you won't mind. Remember. And she gives you a very serious look. The only power you have here in the in-between is that which I give you. I give you an offering. Maybe not to control all fates of all times and all spaces. But I will give you much of what you desire. You can control the fates of all of those in the void. Is that what you want? It's a start. If you impress us with your choices, then perhaps you'll get elevated. I like your ambition, your desire. As we said, we see a lot of ourselves in you. You could be one of us. And just as you have made many choices, us, as you call the title, God of Fate, we also get to make choices, choosing to intervene when we want. Your choices intrigue us. You've stated your goal. Let's see if you have the ambition to follow through with it. There are a few things that can get you to where you need to be. If you're willing to push for it. You see, there is a, a particular tome. It's special. It notes power of all sorts. Chaos and time and luck. All things that you need. So, I will send this as a journey for you. An adventure, if you will, to find this tome. But I will tell you this as well. Keep your focus. For if you falter in your vision... We will make sure your dream does not come true. Or anything else you want. That is the bet you make with us. Are you willing? And she'll hold out her hand. He will stare her directly in the eye. Just unblinking. My vision has never been clearer as he takes her hand. 
good. Now go find the Testaments of Morir's Cataclysm. And she blows on you. And that wave of gust surprisingly takes you, pushing you back. And you black out.